You're listening to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I'm here to help facilitate conversations around what it means to step into your confidence so you can live the life you want, not the one you think you should. Join me as we talk about body and self-acceptance, nutrition, movement, and mindset so that you can uncover what dulls your sparkle so you can shine. With that, let's go to the show. Hello, friend. Okay, I'm so pumped and jazzed for today's episode that I'm going to save announcements and all that good stuff for the very end. And if you are a brand new listener, hello, welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. I'm so glad that you are here and that you're going to take these next few minutes to invest in yourself. And I invite you to come to this conversation with an open mind and an open heart, because a lot of what I'm going to say today is probably going to rub you, not wrong, but in a different way, right? Like when you're petting a cat and you, you know, instead of going with the direction of the hair, you go against the hair and the cat doesn't, they don't really like that. And they kind of shake it off. That's, I feel like that's how you're going to feel today potentially. But if you approach this episode with an open heart and a willing mind to really receive some truth, then you will walk away changed from today's episode. I believe this. So my background is in personal training and nutrition coaching. I started that in 2009, and it has been a passion of mine ever since to help people get confident through the things that they can do physically that they didn't know that they could do. That's something that just is so much fun. And I have a very unique approach to the way that I talk about movement and exercise as a way that you celebrate your body, not a way that you punish it or try to change it. Because when you achieve physical feats, it's so exciting and fun. And that's what movement should be. It should be fun and enjoyable. But back when I started, that wasn't how I viewed exercise. I viewed it as a means to an end. And the end was to change numbers on the scale for my clients. That was my goal. And that goal really taught me a lot in the years that I did it. And I learned a lot about the scale and emotions and how these numbers, these three numbers, most of the time it's three, on this box, this display of your relationship to gravity, that's all you're seeing with those numbers, but yet they're so powerful. Why is there a scale in almost every home in America? Why does every gym have multiple scales? Why does every doctor's office have a scale? And there are different reasons and justifications, but what is our hang-up as a culture about the scale and about weight? And I want to look at it from like your personal home scale or wherever you go to receive those numbers, to view those numbers, and to therefore confirm 
your belief about yourself, your belief about your body. It's called a confirmation bias. And a confirmation bias is when you seek out evidence to confirm what you believe. And sometimes the beliefs that we have about our body, about health, about weight, are kind of on the subconscious level because we've believed them so long that our brain has created neural pathways around them. And so when you think about weight, you have instant thoughts about what your weight should be and what a good weight is and how you're not there and how you haven't tried hard enough. You just don't have enough willpower to get to that weight, but you're working at it. You're aware and you're seeking it out, whether that's through diets or workout plans, you're seeking it out. And what you believe will dictate what you do. And we can, you can try and change what you do, like try to start a habit or work out more or use more restriction. You can try and do those things. But if you don't change your beliefs, your results will be the same. Your beliefs drive the change. I use an acronym called BEAR. And that's kind of like the way that we make changes in our lives is through BEAR. B stands for our beliefs. The stories that we tell ourselves about how we show up in the world. Our worth, our value, our bodies, everything is wrapped up in our beliefs. And those beliefs cause you to have an emotional response to them. That emotion could be fear, anger, sadness, longing. It could be a whole host of feelings. And those feelings give way to thoughts that then lead you to an action. When you are uncomfortable with your feelings, you seek out relief from the emotion. Especially if it's an uncomfortable one. If you're feeling bloated or you're just, you hate what you see in the mirror. You're so uncomfortable. Your emotions are so uncomfortable because you believe that your body is a certain way and you don't want it to be that way, that you're going to do things to achieve a different result. And so your actions, the A in bear, are going to be driven by your beliefs and emotions. And that's going to give you R, a result. And if you are trying to shortcut the beliefs and emotions and just change your actions, this is why that crazy cycle that you get on, you know which one I'm talking about, where you, you feel uncomfortable and you try to make a change. You're like, okay, I feel disorganized, so I'm going to do a bullet journal, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to time block. I'm going to really get tight on like organizing and be intentional with my time, and you do it because you should, and you're uncomfortable, and you do that, and then it's something happens and you get derailed, and everything falls apart. Your schedule goes to hell in a handbasket, and you're just like, I've lost control, like, ugh. How come I can't seem to build a habit? What's, what's wrong with me? And it's all based in shame and these beliefs that don't serve. And it's especially true with food and exercise. This is huge, right? I feel uncomfortable in my body and I want to change it. I want to make it smaller so that I feel better. I want it to be more toned. I want it to be healthier. And so... 
I am going to do these things. I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to start an exercise program. I'm going to take these supplements. And then that's going to make the change. And you do that for a while until something happens. You run out of willpower. Your motivation leaves. You fall off the wagon. Somebody gets sick. Your kids, I don't know, whatever happens, you fall off the wagon. And then you go into the shame spiral. What? Why can't I do this? Why can't I stick to the plan? Why can't I just do this diet? Everyone else can. What's wrong with me? And then you'd start again. But if you change your beliefs, you can change your emotions, your action, and your result as an, as an effect. There's like not even anything you have to do but change your beliefs. And we think that this is a hard thing to do. And in some respects, it is hard. But it's also very simple. And the first part is identifying what it is that you believe about yourself. What are the core beliefs that you have about your body, your ability, your worthiness of, to receive love, your ability to show up in life the way you want to? What are the beliefs that you have? And oftentimes, we, and I say we collectively, because I don't want to isolate anybody. I'm saying just we in general. And I've struggled with the scale as well. I used to weigh myself multiple times a day, multiple times. And if those numbers went up even slightly, that meant I needed to restrict my food more or I needed to exercise more to try and control the numbers. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But let's talk about using the scale, right? So no matter what your relationship to the scale, you use it to confirm your bias, to confirm your beliefs about yourself and your body, your health, your physical space that you take up in this world. And so let's, let's pretend that you step on the scale and the numbers go up. Where do you feel it in your body? Just imagine you are sweaty post-workout or maybe you just got out of the shower or you crawled out of bed and you take off all your clothes because clothes add weight, right? You get all the way naked if you can. And you timidly step on the scale and you kind of close your eyes and you look down and the numbers went up. Where do you feel it? Because it's in your body. Because that directly impacts your beliefs. And so when the numbers go up, some of the, some of the beliefs that you may have could sound like, I can't make changes. I can't control myself. My body has betrayed me. Hard work doesn't pay off. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me that I cannot get these numbers to go down. It's true that there's no pain, no gain. I just obviously haven't worked hard enough. That I need to do more. That I'm lazy. That I'm not good enough. That my body is not good enough. That I am not skinny enough. I'm out of control. I'm not worthy of love and acceptance and happiness at this weight. 
And these are just some of the beliefs that can come up for you. And I'm curious if you can think of others that have come up for you. Beliefs about yourself that you use the scale to confirm. It's almost like this thing called existential kink. My coach, Stefania Shimano, who was on the podcast for episode 99, she's incredible. But she introduced me to this theory of existential kink where we latch on to things that hurt us because it feels good. Because it confirms what we believe. And we're always looking for confirmation about our beliefs. Always. We don't, it's not just the scale. It's every day in life. You're looking for validation of what you believe. And when that scale confirms that you're not enough, you feel safe in that. And it feels good in some crazy, kinky kind of way. Feels good. You're like, on a subconscious level, you're like, yep, okay, I knew that. I knew that I wasn't good enough. I knew I was lazy. I knew that I would fall off of that diet plan. I knew that. And on some cellular level, that feels good. And it's so sad to me that that happens. And it's so disappointing, too, because then you have... You know, obviously these hopes and dreams for yourself that you've worked so hard for, that you've sweat for, that you've restricted for, that you have counted calories for. Have you ever done that where you started a new diet and you do it for like a week and then you get on the scale and the numbers haven't changed? Or if they have, it's just like one or two. And you're like, oh my gosh, I just did all that work. Or flip side, you lose a lot of weight after a week. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. And then the next time you get on, it's less and less and less because your body adapts to what you ask it to do. And so if you reduce your calories, your body goes, huh, well, I I miss those calories. I need those calories. I'm going to find another way to get them. And then your hunger increases. Your cravings increase. Your sleep decreases. Your body shuts down in order to get those calories back. So then the numbers slow down and then until they stop and you hit a plateau. Do you know this plateau? Oh, so many people that I have worked with over the last decade have hit that plateau because their body caught up and was like, no. And then the worst thing is when you hit the plateau and then the numbers go back up. Oh, that is soul crushing when you have worked so hard and you hit that plateau and the numbers go back up confirms the bias that you will never change your body that you will never be able to work hard enough and sustain changes it's confirmation what about the other way let's let's flip it on its head what if you step on the scale and the numbers go down ooh that's exciting unless it's not Unless it's not enough, which this is a true story. Oh, I'll never forget it. Really early on in my personal training career, I had a client. I loved this client so much. She worked her ass off. Like she busted her butt in the gym. She busted her butt with her food log. Like she was doing all the things right. And she got on the scale one morning. It was like 6 a.m., super dark outside. And she gets on the scale 
She closes her eyes. I move the little lever over because we had one of those old-fashioned scales. And she opens her eyes and she looks and she does the math. And her face drops. She had lost five pounds, by the way, which for women is like, holy guacamole that your body let go of five pounds. That's huge. It's also fluctuation, but that's another topic for another day. And her face, friends, and her cheeks got red and there was a little tear that came down her face. And her voice shook as she said, that's it. Oh, I will never forget that moment. And that was a pivotal moment for me. It took years for me to stop putting women on the scale. But at that time, it was actually required. Personal trainers are required to put clients on the scale because they have to show progress. Otherwise, the trainer isn't deemed good enough. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Whole thing. But what about when the numbers go up? Or go down, excuse me. And you get validation or confirmation of, look what I did. I did it. I am in control. That false sense of control. Because really, the only thing you can control is your response to everything. That's the only thing you can control. Or maybe you have a belief that my hard work is paying off. Maybe you have a deeper one. I am lovable, worthy, acceptable at this weight and nothing more. This weight. That's how I'm lovable. Or I'm doing good things for my body, see? See, this diet is good. It's good for me. I'm getting healthy. The numbers are going down. But then what happens when those numbers go back up? Because they will. It is very rare that you lose weight and that those numbers stay where they're at or get lower. And remember, your weight fluctuates three to six pounds every day. But when you step on that scale, you're looking for confirmation. And no matter whether it's positive or negative, it will never be enough. And it will keep you coming back for more. My husband told me about a client that he worked with once who said that gambling was his confirmation bias. And that every time he played, he had a thought that even when I win, I lose. Because it always keeps me coming back for more. It's never enough. You will never get enough of the scale. You will never get enough self-worth from the scale. But yet we look to it to provide that. And what would it be like if you never set foot on a scale again. You're like, well, Kim, that's impossible. I have to go to the doctor's office. Close your eyes. Turn around. Did you know that being weighed at the doctor's office is actually optional? (laughs) They don't have to take your weight. You can tell them no. What? It's crazy. I tell them no all the time. They're like, go ahead and step on the scale. And I'm like, oh, no, thank you. My, My weight hasn't really changed. I'm good. And they'll probably give you a funny look because most people just do it because they're conditioned to do it, but you don't have to. If you're pregnant, that's a different story because they're looking for specific things, but you could still close your eyes. You could still turn around, get on the scale backwards so you don't even see the number. You're not even tempted to look. You don't even know. What would it be like if you never 
weighed yourself again? What markers of success would you use for your confirmation bias to confirm your beliefs about yourself? What if you ditched the scale, like literally got rid of it because our kids are watching us get on the scale, friends. My son, when we go to the gym, sometimes he comes in the locker room with me and there's a big scale and he goes, mommy, I want to see how much I weigh. How much do you weigh? And we get to have really good conversations about how for him, that's a measurement of his growth. But as a grown up, you don't really need to use it because you can make choices about your body that help you stay healthier. And you don't need a scale. What if you got rid of it? What would you do? What would be the markers of success for you? Would it be how your clothes fit? Would it be how your body looks naked? Would it be circumference measurements? Maybe you would switch and you would use calipers instead. Do you know what calipers are? I used to use these when I worked in the gym. And now, I mean, if I see them, I would probably throw them in the garbage. They are ways to measure body fat. They're... They're horrible. They pinch your fat in all your like sensitive places. So like behind your arm on your tricep, right below your belly button. Ugh, hated that one. Next to your hip bone, on your thigh, they squeeze and pinch your fat to determine your body fat percentage. I cannot think of anything more humiliating than doing that. I used to do it. And friends, I won't do it anymore. So What would it be like if you gave up these external confirmation biases? What would that be like? Can you even imagine that? Maybe you're like, no way, Kim, I can't. I cannot imagine giving those things up. I need those. I need those to stay in control. I need those to mark my progress. But do you? Do you really need those things? Are they building you up? Are they bringing you joy? Are they increasing your acceptance of yourself? Do they foster feelings of self-love and appreciation and body respect? Do they make you want to move your body in ways that feel good to celebrate the body that you have? Do they make you want to eat nourishing foods that feel good and empower you to know when to stop eating and when to start? Do they do that for you? And if not, what would it be like to let those go and to find validation and acceptance for yourself just as you are right now? At the current weight that you are, the pant size that you are, the bra size that you are, the way your body looks naked. With all of your limiting beliefs and conflicting beliefs about yourself, could you start to work on changing your beliefs without the confirmation bias of a scale or a size or a number or even an ideal? What would it be like to look for evidence of your amazingness in the people that you trust? And affirmations that build you up and bolster you up. I have a bunch and I kind of want to share some of these. These are new for me. They're ones that I've been working on claiming for myself for a long time. 
This year, like I said, has been one of exploration for me. I stopped attending church a year ago because the beliefs that I had from 35 years of being a conservative Christian and evangelical just didn't work anymore. It's like that was my confirmation bias, using the Bible to affirm the beliefs that I had about myself, that I was a sinner, not good enough, unworthy. And I've really been claiming some different things. And so I want to share with you a few. I have a really long list. But I want to share with you a few that I use to change my beliefs about myself. My core belief is that I'm not enough. That's the one that gets me every time, that I'm not enough and that life is hard. Those are the stories that I tell myself and I look for confirmation of those beliefs. At least I did. Now I claim that I am aligned with my highest goals, values, and priority, and I'm giving my best in this moment. That I am the perfect amount of me. That I have strong opinions and deep convictions that I'm not afraid to share. I treat myself with love, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness. I am destined to become more than I am right now, and I am open to possibilities. I ask myself, what is this feeling trying to teach me about myself? I trust my vision unconditionally and stay aligned. I am more powerful than I think. It's safe to be seen, heard, and loved for who I am. My uniqueness is powerful. I am safe to make mistakes, to explore, to be who I am. I am curious, flexible, and generous. I seek adventure challenges and experiences that help me grow. I find ways for things to be easy and fun. And even though life has had challenges, I release the idea that everything has to be hard. And I find ways for things to be fun and easy. My identity is not based on my actions. And I practice leaning into the gray areas of life. These are just some of the ways that you can start to confirm your validity your identity, who you are, to change your beliefs. Because as you change your beliefs, your emotions will change, your thoughts will change, your actions will change, and your results will change. You don't have to do a diet or exercise program or start a habit. You don't have to change your actions. You have to change your beliefs, and that will change your actions as a result. What do you believe about yourself? What are the stories that you have? One of the best ways to start identifying those is to look at your shoulds. The shoulds sound like I have to, I can't, I must, I need to, I can't, I shouldn't. Those are the shoulds. And those are the stories and beliefs that you have about how you should show up in the world. And when you start to identify those, you can link them back to the deeper beliefs about who you are at your core. That started when you were like a baby. 
you started picking up beliefs about yourself. So if you need some help identifying what shoulds you have, go to CaptivatinglyConfident.com and get my free guide, Stop Shooting on Yourself. And this will walk you through what it looks like to start identifying those shoulds, those beliefs, and how you can start to change those. Because when you step into a place of self-love, acceptance, and appreciation, you're going to do things differently. And it won't require momentum or willpower or motivation or a habit. You simply stay present. I didn't say easily stay present, by the way. I said simply there's a difference. But you stay present with yourself. You practice grace and compassion and forgiveness. And you change the way you do things. You don't have to force the change. It is actually quite magical. And it doesn't need to take a long time. I think that there's a misnomer that this work takes a long time. And it really doesn't. It can happen like that. You decide to be done with the story that you have believed. You bless it and release it. Say, thank thank you for trying to keep me safe. Belief that I am not enough. But I am ready to step into my enoughness and to live differently. It can happen that fast, friends. It can take a matter of minutes to change your entire life by identifying the stories that you believe and finding evidence to support them. And that evidence, again, can be affirmations, can be journaling practices, speaking with good friends, seeking out opportunities to step into your strengths, to own those, and to find ways for things to be fun and easy instead of hard and challenging all the time. Oh, what would that be like? I am so excited for you to do this. And if you are ready to like jump into this, I have a couple of ways to help. One is to go get the guide, captivatinglyconfident.com. The next way is to join the Captivatingly Confident Facebook group. We're like 250 strong. These incredible women who are on a mission to embrace who they are so they can be themselves bravely. Come and join us. Join the conversation. That's a great place to ask questions, to get support, to be in a community surrounded by people who will be there to verify and validate you, even if they don't know you, because you are worthy of being loved and accepted just as you are right now, right now. And if, you, if you're like, okay, I've tried to do stuff like this before and I really just need some help, reach out to me, Kim at CaptivatinglyConfident.com. Send me an email, send me a PM on Facebook, and let's chat about what your next step can look like. I work one-on-one with women to help them uncover these beliefs. I like to say that I help women uncover what dulls their sparkles so that they can shine. Because friend, it's time for you to shine. No more playing small. No more validating these beliefs that you have that don't serve, that hold you back, that keep you discouraged. No more. It's time. And when you are ready, I want to walk with you and I want to help you in that journey. (sighs) Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. 
All right, that was a lot. Thank you for bearing with me on that. I want to hear your feedback. If you have ideas about this or questions, send me a PM or an email. Let's talk. I respond to every single one. It may take me a a day or two, but I will respond to you. So make sure you reach out. Okay, real quick announcements. Reveal retreat. Oh, so excited. This is a retreat that Julie Allen, who is the owner of Mary Rose Northwest Boutique and the founder of the Mary Rose Foundation, which funds eating disorder recovery, she and I have teamed up to put together an event that is February 28th through March 1st, 2020. And it's a weekend away for women to do this exact work that we're talking about, but in a very intentional environment. Retreats in their very nature are set up to foster these incredible experiential learning opportunities, which you just, you just don't get in talk therapy or like a small group setting. It's really different. And if you've never been to a retreat before, it can be hard to quantify, but it's one of those things that will change your life. You will not leave Reveal Retreat the same person that you came. You will not. And we have a couple of different guests that are coming in to do workshops, and we're going to dive into some inner child healing work, and we're going to look at these shoulds and beliefs and how to change them. Because again, it can take a minute to change your beliefs. And what tools do you need to keep those changes in place to make them sustainable? And we're going to help you do that. And it's going to be this incredible weekend of learning and releasing and growing and changing and connecting. Oh my gosh, friends. I can't wait. I can't wait. We have five spaces left. The retreat is limited to 10 women. We have five spaces left. And if you are ready to experience radical life change and you want to stop messing around and you want to really just do it and knock it out, reach out to me. You can reach out to hello at revealretreats.com if you have questions. Go to revealretreats.com for all the information about the retreat, where it's going to be, what's included, what's not, pricing, payment options. And if money is an issue for you, if you're like, Kim, I really believe in this and I want to go, I just don't know if I can afford it or it's not in my budget, please don't let that stop you. Reach out to me and let's, we will find a way to make it work. We will find a way. If you want to go and you believe that you're meant to be there, we will make it happen. Okay? So reveal retreat, that's coming up. Oh, so exciting. And then the last announcement is next Wednesday is going to be the launch of the Reveal podcast, which is a podcast dedicated to creating a safe place to reveal and heal. And I want to take our conversations that we've been having on the Captivatingly Confident podcast deeper. And I want to tackle some taboo topics that are pretty, pretty, pretty touchy, touchy stuff like faith, religion, boundaries, uh, in-laws or outlaws. <laughs> See what I did there? It was funny. You can laugh. It's okay. We're going to talk about sex and marriage and parenting struggles like what do you do when you don't like parenting? Do you ever have moments where you wish that you didn't have kids? We're going to talk about it on this podcast. And that's going to launch next Wednesday, October. Ooh, hold on. Let me find it. 
What's today? Today's the 13th. So that's the 16th. So make sure that you are on my email list so that you get first dibs on that. And if you're not on my email list, go grab that free guide on my website and it'll put you right on there. Okay? (sighs) May you go forth this week stepping into new beliefs. May you find ways to receive validation that come from yourself and not from anything else. May you stay off the scale and start to change the way that you see yourself. May you find your value in who you are, not what you do. May you go forth and be you bravely. I'll see you next week. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Captivatingly Confident. I am so excited that you're here and investing in yourself. If you want to learn more about Captivatingly Confident, you can visit my website, captivatinglyconfident.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at kim.ludeman. Thank you so much for hanging out today. If you would like to, I invite you to subscribe to the show and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes. Every single review means so, so much to me, and it helps to get the word about Captivatingly Confident out and to help change women's lives. I'll see you next time.